Chapter Nine, Part One of the Mysteries of Paris, Volume Two. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Mysteries of Paris by Eugène Sue. Chapter Nine, Part One. The Letter. The hour of nine had struck on a Bouqueval clock when Madame Georges softly entered the chamber of Fleur de Marie. The light slumber of the young girl was quickly broken, and she awoke to find her kind friend standing by her bedside a brilliant winter sun darted its rays through the blinds and chintz window curtains the pink linings of which cast a bright glow on the pale countenance of la goualeuse giving it the look of health it so greatly needed well my child said madame georges sitting down and gently kissing her forehead how are you this morning much better madame i thank you i hope you were not awoke very early this morning no indeed madame i am glad of it the blind man and his son who were permitted to sleep here last night insisted upon quitting the farm immediately it was light and i was fearful that the noise made in opening the gates might have woke you poor things why did they go so very early i know not after you became more calm and comfortable last night i went down into the kitchen for the purpose of seeing them but they had pleaded extreme weariness and begged permission to retire father chatelain tells me the blind man does not seem very right in his head and the whole body of servants were unanimous in praising the tenderness and care with which the boy attended upon his blind parent but now my dear marie listen to me you must not expose yourself to the risk of taking fresh cold after the attack of fever you suffered from last night and therefore i recommend your keeping quite quiet all day and not leaving the parlour at all nay madame i have promised monsieur le curé to be at the rectory at five o'clock pray allow me to go as i am expected indeed i cannot it would be very imprudent i can perceive you have passed a very bad night your eyes are quite heavy i have not been able to rest through the most frightful dreams which pursued me whenever i tried to sleep i fancied myself in the power of a wicked woman who used to torment me most cruelly when i was a child and i kept starting up in dread and alarm i am ashamed of such silly weakness as to allow dreams to frighten me but indeed i suffered so much during the night that when i awoke my pillow was wetted with my tears i am truly sorry for this weakness as you justly style it my dear child said madame georges with affectionate concern seeing the eyes of fleur de marie again filling fast because i perceive the pain it occasions you the poor girl overpowered by her feelings threw her arms around the neck of her adopted mother and buried her sobs in her bosom marie marie my child you terrify me why why is this pardon me dear madame i beseech you indeed i know not myself what has come over me but for the last two days my heart has seemed full almost to bursting i cannot restrain my tears though i know not wherefore i weep a fearful dread of some great evil about to befall me weighs down my spirits and resists every attempt to shake it off come come i shall scold you in earnest if you thus give way to imaginary terrors at this moment claudine whose previous tap at the door had been unheard entered the room what is it claudine madame pierre has just arrived from arnouville in madame dubreuil's chaise he brings a letter for you which he says is of great importance madame georges took the paper from claudine's hand opened it and read as follows dear madame georges you could do me a considerable favour and assist me under very perplexing circumstances by hastening to the farm here without delay pierre has orders to wait till you are ready and will drive you back after dinner 
i really am in such confusion that i hardly know what i am about m dubreuil has gone to the wool fair at pontoise i have therefore no one to turn to for advice and assistance but you and marie clara sends her best love to her very dear adopted sister and anxiously expects her arrival try to be with us by eleven o'clock to luncheon ever yours most sincerely f dubreuil what can possibly be the matter asked madame georges of fleur de marie fortunately the tone of madame dubreuil's letter is not calculated to cause alarm do you wish me to accompany you madame asked the goualeuse why that would scarcely be prudent so cold as it is but upon second thoughts continued madame georges i think you may venture if you wrap yourself up very warm it will serve to raise your spirits and possibly the short ride may do you good the goualeuse did not immediately reply but after a few minutes consideration she ventured to say but madame monsieur le curé expects me this evening at five o'clock at the rectory but i promise you to be back in good time for you to keep your engagement now will you go oh thank you madame indeed i shall be so delighted to see mademoiselle clara what again uttered madame georges in a tone of gentle reproach mademoiselle clara she does not speak so distantly to you when she addresses you oh no madame replied the poor girl casting down her eyes while a bright flush rose even to her temples but there is so great a difference between us that dear marie you are cruel and unkind thus needlessly to torment yourself have you so soon forgotten how i chided you but just now for the very same fault there drive away all such foolish thoughts dress yourself as quickly as you can and pray wrap up very carefully if we are quick we may reach arnouville before eleven o'clock then leaving fleur de marie to perform the duties of her simple toilet madame georges retired to her own chamber first dismissing claudine with an intimation to pierre that herself and niece would be ready to start almost immediately half an hour afterwards madame georges and marie were on their way to arnouville in one of those large roomy cabriolets in use among the rich farmers in the environs of paris and briskly did their comfortable vehicle drawn by a stout norman horse roll over the grassy road which led from bouqueval to arnouville the extensive buildings and numerous appendages to the farm tenanted by m dubreuil in the latter village bore testimony to the wealth and importance of the property bestowed as a marriage portion on mademoiselle césarine de noirmont upon her union with the duc de lucenay the loud crack of pierre's whip apprised madame dubreuil of the arrival of her friend madame georges with fleur de marie who were most affectionately greeted by clara and her mother madame dubreuil was a good-looking woman of middle age with a countenance expressive of extreme gentleness and kindness while her daughter clara was a handsome brunette with rich hazel eyes and a happy innocent expression for ever resting on her full rosy lips which seemed never to open but to utter words of sweetness and amiability as clara eagerly threw her arms around her friend's neck as she descended the vehicle the goualeuse saw with extreme surprise that the kind-hearted girl had laid aside her more fashionable attire and was habited as a simple country maiden why clara said madame georges affectionately returning her embrace what is the meaning of this strange costume it is done in imitation and admiration of her sister marie answered madame dubreuil i assure you she let me have no peace till i had procured her a woollen bodice and a fustian skirt exactly resembling your marie's but now we are talking of whims and caprices just come this way with me added madame dubreuil drawing a deep sigh while i explain to you my present difficulty 
as well as the cause of my so abruptly summoning you hither but you are so kind i feel assured you will not only forgive it but also render me all the assistance i require following madame georges and her mother to their sitting-room clara lovingly conducted the goualeuse also thither placing her in the warmest corner of the fireside and tenderly chafing her hands to prevent the cold from affecting her then fondly caressing her and styling her again and again her very dear sister marie she playfully reproached her for allowing so long an interval to pass without paying her a visit after the recent conversation which passed between the poor goualeuse and the curé no doubt fresh in the reader's memory it will easily be believed that these tender marks of affection inspired the unfortunate girl with feelings of deep humility combined with a timid joy now then dear madame dubreuil said madame georges when they were comfortably seated do pray tell me what has happened and in what manner i can be serviceable to you oh in several ways i will tell you exactly how in the first place i believe you are not aware that this farm is the private property of the duchesse de lucenay and that we are accountable to her alone having nothing whatever to do with the duke or his steward no indeed i never heard that before neither should i have troubled you with so unimportant a matter now but that it forms a necessary part of the explanation i am about to give you of my present need of your kind services you must know then that we consider ourselves as the tenants of madame de lucenay and always pay our rent either to herself or to madame simon her head femme de chambre and really spite of some little impetuosity of temper madame la duchesse is so amiable that it is delightful to have business with her dubreuil and i would go through fire and water to serve her but la that is only natural considering we have known her from her very cradle and were accustomed to see her playing about as a child during the visits she used annually to pay to the estate during the lifetime of her late father the prince de noirmont latterly she has asked for her rent in advance forty thousand francs is not picked up by the roadside as the old proverb says but happily we had laid that sum by as clara's dowry and the very next morning after the request reached us we carried madame her money in bright shining golden louis these great ladies spend so much you see in luxuries such as you and i have no idea of yet it is only within the last twelve months madame de lucenay has wished to be paid beforehand she used always to seem as though she had plenty of money but things are very different now still my dear madame dubreuil i do not yet perceive in what way i can possibly assist you don't be in a hurry i am just coming to that part of my story but i was obliged to tell you all this that you might be able to understand the entire confidence madame la duchesse places in us to be sure she showed her great regard for us by becoming when only thirteen years of age clara's godmother her noble father standing as the other sponsor and ever since madame de lucenay has loaded her godchild with presents and kind attentions but i must not keep you i see you are impatient so i will at once proceed with the business part of my tale you must know then that last night i received by express the following letter from madame de lucenay my dear madame dubreuil you must prepare the small pavilion in the orchard for occupation by to-morrow evening send there all the requisite furniture such as carpets curtains etc etc let nothing be wanted to render it in every respect as comfortable as possible do you mark the word comfortable madame georges inquired madame dubreuil pausing in the midst of her reading it is even underlined 
then looking up at her friend with a thoughtful puzzled expression of countenance and receiving no answer she continued the perusal of her letter it is so long since the pavilion has been used that it will require large and constant fires both day and night to remove the dampness from the walls i wish you to behave in every respect to the person who will occupy the apartments as you would do to myself and you will receive by the hands of the new visitant a letter from me explanatory of all i expect from your well-known zeal and attachment i depend entirely on you and feel every assurance that i may safely reckon on your fidelity and desire to serve me adieu my dear madame dubreuil remember me most kindly to my pretty goddaughter and believe me ever yours sincerely and truly noirmont de lucenay p s the person whom i so strongly recommend to your best care and attention will arrive the day after to-morrow about dusk pray do your very utmost to render the pavilion as comfortable as you possibly can comfortable again you see and underlined as before said madame dubreuil returning the letter of madame de lucenay to her pocket well replied madame georges all this is simple enough how do you mean simple enough you cannot have heard me read the letter madame la duchesse wishes particularly that the pavilion should be rendered as comfortable as possible now that is the very reason of my asking you to come to me to-day clara and i have been knocking our heads together in vain to discover what comfortable can possibly mean but without being able to find it out yet it seems odd too that clara should not know its meaning for she was several years at school at villiers le bel and gained a quantity of prizes for history and geography however she knows as little as i do about that outlandish word i dare say it is only known at court or in the fashionable world however be that as it may madame la duchesse has thrown me into a pretty fuss by making use of it she says and you see twice repeats the words and even underlines it that she requests i will furnish the pavilion as comfortably as possible now what are we to do when we have not the slightest notion of the meaning of that word well heaven be praised then that i can relieve your perplexity by solving this grand mystery said madame georges smiling upon the present occasion the word comfortable merely means an assemblage of neat well-chosen well-arranged and convenient furniture so placed in apartments well warmed and protected from cold or damp that the occupant shall find everything that is necessary combined with articles that to some might seem superfluities thank you i perfectly understand what comfortable means as regards furnishing apartments but your explanation only increases my difficulties how so madame la duchesse speaks of carpets furniture and many et ceteras now we have no carpets here and our furniture is of the most homely description neither can i make out by the letter whether the person i am to expect is a male or female and yet everything must be prepared by to-morrow evening what shall i do what can i do i can get nothing here really madame georges it is enough to drive one wild to be placed in such an awkward situation but mother said clara suppose you take the furniture out of my room and whilst you are refurnishing it i will go and pass a few days with dear marie at bouqueval my dear child what nonsense you talk as if the humble fittings up of your chamber could equal what madame la duchesse means by the word comfortable returned madame dubreuil with a disconsolate shrug of the shoulders lord lord why will fine ladies puzzle poor folks like me by going out of their way to find such expressions as comfortable then i presume the pavilion in question is ordinarily uninhabited 
said madame georges oh yes there you see that small white building at the end of the orchard that is it the late prince de noirmont father of madame la duchesse caused it to be built for his daughter when in her youthful days she was accustomed to visit the farm and she then occupied it there are three pretty chambers in it and a beautiful little swiss dairy at the end of the garden where in her childish days madame la duchesse used to divert herself with feigning to manage since her marriage she has only been twice at the farm but each time she passed several hours in the pavilion the first time was about six years ago and then she came on horseback with then as though the presence of clara and fleur-de-marie prevented her from saying more madame dubreuil interrupted herself by saying but i am talking instead of doing and that is not the way to get out of my present difficulty come dear good madame georges and help a poor bewildered creature like myself in the first place answered madame georges tell me how is this pavilion furnished at the present moment oh scarcely at all in the principal apartment there is a straw matting on the centre of the floor a sofa and a few armchairs composed of rushes a table and some chairs comprise all the inventory which i think you will allow falls far short of the word comfortable well i tell you what i should do in your place let me see it is eleven o'clock i should send a person on whom you can depend to paris our overseer there cannot be a more active intelligent person note two a species of overseer employed in most of the large farming establishments in the environs of paris exactly just the right sort of messenger well in two hours at the utmost he may be in paris let him go to some upholsterer in the chaussee d'antin never mind which and give him the list i will draw out after i have seen what is wanting for the pavilion and let him be directed to say that let the expense be what it may i don't care about expense if i can but satisfy the duchess the upholsterer then must be told that at any cost he must see that every article named in the list be sent here either this evening or before daybreak to-morrow with three or four of his most clever and active workmen to arrange them as quickly as possible they might come by the gonesse diligence which leaves paris at eight o'clock every evening and as they would only have to place the furniture lay down carpets and put up curtains all that could easily be done by to-morrow evening oh my dear madame georges what a load you have taken off my mind i should never have thought of this simple yet proper manner of proceeding you are the saving of me now may i ask you to be so kind as to draw me out the list of articles necessary to render the pavilion what is that hard word i never can recollect it comfortable yes i will at once set about it and with pleasure dear me here is another difficulty don't you see we are not told whether to expect a lady or a gentleman madame de lucenay in her letter only says a person it is very perplexing isn't it then make your preparations as if for a lady my dear madame dubreuil and should it turn out a gentleman why he will only have better reason to be pleased with his accommodations quite right right again as you always are a servant here announced that breakfast was ready let breakfast wait a little said madame georges and while i draw out the necessary list send some person you can depend upon to take the exact height and width of the three rooms that the curtains and carpets may more easily be prepared thank you i will set our overseer to work out this commission madame continued the servant speaking to her mistress 
the new dairy-woman from staines is here with her few goods in a small cart drawn by a donkey the beast has not a heavy load to complain of for the poor body's luggage seems but very trifling poor woman said madame dubreuil kindly what woman is it inquired madame georges a poor creature from staines who once had four cows of her own and used to go every morning to paris to sell her milk her husband was a blacksmith and one day accompanied her to paris to purchase some iron he required for his work agreeing to rejoin her at the corner of the street where she was accustomed to sell her milk unhappily as it afterwards turned out the poor woman had selected a very bad part of paris for when her husband returned he found her in the midst of a set of wicked drunken fellows who had for mere mischief's sake upset all her milk into the gutter the poor blacksmith tried to reason with them upon the score of their unfair conduct but that only made matters worse they all fell on the husband who sought in vain to defend himself from their violence the end of the story is that in the scuffle which ensued the man received a stab with a knife which stretched him a corpse before the eyes of his distracted wife dreadful indeed ejaculated madame georges but at least the murderer was apprehended alas no he managed to make his escape during the confusion which ensued though the unfortunate widow asserts she should recognize him at any minute she might meet him having repeatedly seen him in company with his associates inhabitants of that neighbourhood however up to the present hour all attempts to discover him have been useless but to end my tale i must tell you that in consequence of the death of her husband the poor widow was compelled in order to pay various debts he had contracted to sell not only her cows but some little land he possessed the bailiff of the chateau of staines recommended the poor creature to me as a most excellent and honest woman as deserving as she was unfortunate having three children to provide for the eldest not yet twelve years of age i happened just then to be in want of a first-rate dairy-woman therefore offered her the place which she gladly accepted and she has now come to take up her abode on the farm this act of real kindness on your part my dear madame dubreuil does not surprise me knowing you as well as i do here clara said madame dubreuil as though seeking to escape from the praises of her friend will you go and show this good woman the way to the lodge she is to occupy while i hasten to explain to our overseer the necessity for his immediate departure for paris willingly dear mother marie can come with me can she not of course answered madame dubreuil if she pleases then added smilingly i wonder whether you two girls could do one without the other and now said madame georges seating herself before a table i will at once begin my part of the business that no time may be lost for we must positively return to bouqueval at four o'clock dear me exclaimed madame dubreuil how early why what makes you in such a hurry marie is obliged to be at the rectory by five o'clock oh if her return relates to that good abbe laporte i am sure it is a sacred duty with which i would not interfere for the world well then i will go and give the necessary orders for everything being punctual to that hour those two girls have so much to say to each other that we must give them as much time as we can then we shall leave you at three o'clock my dear madame dubreuil yes i promise not to detain you since you so positively wish it but pray let me thank you again and again for coming what a good thing it was i thought of sending to ask your kind assistance rejoined madame dubreuil now then clara and marie off with you 
End of chapter 9, part 1 Read by Celine Major